You're listening to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Welcome back to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Today I'm very excited because we're doing part two of trauma. And today we're going to be focusing on when people come in for a variety of different clinical issues such as anxiety and depression and such, uh, what's going on underneath the hood. And as always, I'm here with uh, Timothy Mayer, our assistant director here, and he has some fascinating ideas about what might actually be going on. Welcome back, Tim, as always. Nice to talk to you. Hey, Constantine, happy to be back too. Um, so, right, so, I, I, so, so thank you for, for introducing that way. And, and, and I think you said it per- perfectly. Um, you know, I, as, as you know, and maybe a, a bunch of the listeners know, I, I do a lot of work with trauma. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so really, you know, whenever I'm meeting with somebody new for the first time, I'm always kind of looking at what they're coming in with through a, a, a trauma informed lens. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so I'm, I'm going to go in, uh, well, hopefully this isn't too lengthy, but, mm-hmm. but kind of the way that I see things, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know I thrive on sort of analogies and visualizations and sort, sort of analogies. So please, please go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to be chock full of them. Awesome. Um, awesome. So, so, so here's, here's the spiel that I give to a lot of people, right? Um, mm-hmm. I kind of explain how um, the events that we go through in life, it's like food, right? So if I take an apple and I, and I, bite it and I chew it, I, I digest it. And then that apple becomes a part of who I am. Similarly, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if I go through a training, right? I take that training in, I digest it, it becomes a part of me, right? So life events are basically digested and become a part of us just like food does. Now, sometimes we go through life events that are too painful to digest. So, th- so they kind of get mm-hmm. stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And so because they get stuck, we have no other choice to but but to put them somewhere. So I almost imagine like we push it behind a wall, right? Mm-hmm. And then when those things are pushed behind a wall, it creates like a little bit of a sore spot behind that wall or like a little bit of a bump. Now, every time that that sore spot or that bump gets poked or, or triggered, mm-hmm. a lot of those uh, piled up feelings and negative beliefs about ourselves, they come flooding out and they hit us on a day-to-day basis. Hmm. Now, when all of those piled up feelings hit us again from that painful life event from the past, we have to do something with it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's so uh, distressing and, and difficult and hard. And typically the, the thing that we do with those feelings, I call that a solution behavior. Mm-hmm. Typically mm-hmm. the solution behavior isn't the best solution behavior. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that solution behavior can be the very reason why someone's sitting in my chair across mm-hmm. from me, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so whenever someone comes in and, and they say like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, feeling down or depressed or anxious or I'm drinking or I'm angry or whatever they say, I'm kind of always looking at it through that lens. Now, that's certainly not to say that, you know, this explains every single, you know, uh, mental health difficulty someone could, could experience. Um, so it isn't a catch-all or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of the mm-hmm. times, it's actually very applicable. You, you know, it's, it's interesting. First of all, really love that analogy. Uh, second, what comes to mind, it almost sounds like uh, an emotional inflammation. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. when a body, right, like has an inflammation, right? Like it's red, it's tender, 
and it's painful yeah. when when you when you poke it. Uh, so I'm just thinking like it's it's such an interesting uh, correlation. I'm not even sure if it if it does have any kind of medical basis to, it, but it just seems to me the first thing that came to mind like it's it's there's kind of an emotional stream that's going on, and then there's a, a level of inf in inflammation that happens, and once you poke it, it's painful, sort of like a behavioral trigger of sorts. And some people have a quote unquote solution; they put maybe a band aid on it. Uh, or mm. maybe they do something that's unproductive, right? Like, and that's potentially kind of what you get to see when the person comes in and says like, Hey, I'm, excuse me, I'm fighting with my significant other. Or maybe they have a drinking concern or something like that. It, to them, it might seem like a solution, but the way you're describing it, that's actually m might be just a symptom of a bigger problem. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So um, I guess I can, uh, I, I want to just give an example of this. Um, mm -hmm. a, a person I saw um, a while ago, um, she came in with like, just like really classic OCD symptoms, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I was able to identify lots of obsessions or, or just intrusive thoughts that she experiences that are very uncomfortable. And um, a lot of compulsions, um, mm -hmm. checking, writing a list, uh, cleaning lots and lots and lots of things right so um as i get to know her right and and as i'm kind of um you know doing my little case conceptualization she she told me that she had a lot of really not so great things that have happened to her in the past mm -hmm. and so i said oh okay like maybe we're not just doing like pure ocd work here maybe maybe it's not the best idea for me to just dive right into exposure and response prevention which is what we do for for ocd mm -hmm. stuff um I sort of put this lens on to, to, to view her story. And, and it turns out that, that yeah, she, she has uh, very, very, very many um, negative life, of, uh, sorry, painful life events from the past sort of buried back there. And by talking about those piled up feelings and piled up negative beliefs about herself, um, it, it all became so clear that, that the piled up feelings were a lot of uh, guilt, a lot of shame and a lot of panic. And the negative beliefs about herself were, um, it's all my fault. I'm completely responsible. And if I don't take care of it, bad things will happen. Hmm. So she's, she's sort of holding on to these, uh, uh, unintentionally, of course, she's, she's holding on to these um, negative beliefs about herself and these piled up feelings mm -hmm. that, are, that are basically telling her, like, I must be in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And so she was in control of everything and she couldn't not be in control of everything because that was terrifying to her because mm. that was true or, or her, her, she, she quote unquote learned that from mm -hmm. various painful life events. And so we didn't do really much of any work with, with ERP. We did a whole lot of work with EMDR, which is, which is a, a trauma treatment. Sure. And I, I, I I, I think that example is just is just a really good example of like, you know, her OCD. It was really a solution behavior. Hmm. It was. I'm, it I'm was eager to find. I'm eager to find out. So what happened? How did she uh, fare out in treatment? She she did well. Um, it was really difficult because well I well, I mean if you think about it right that that solution behavior like. She she needed it, so right. she was. Her, 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 uh, a main thing for her was she she wrote a lot of lists. Okay, and she said she said, uh, you know, don't take away my lists. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, I, like, I won't. 
I won't, right? And so if I went through an exposure and response prevention, I would be like, well, yeah, like one day we're probably going to work on that quote unquote compulsion of, mm-hmm. of that of that list making. But we didn't. And, and, I, and I let her keep her list because that's what she needed. And we kind of went back into that sore spot and we pulled out lots of the negative sorry, painful life events that, that she experienced. And, and we worked with EMDR to sort of clear them out and, mm-hmm. and reprocess and all, all of that good stuff. And once that stuff started to clear up, a, a lot of the quote unquote OCD like symptoms, those cleared up too. Um, so, so it was a really interesting example of like, it wasn't just, it, it wasn't just um, OCD. Uh, yeah, I mean, hearing you talk, and as you as you uh, might know as well, I mean, in some circles, obviously, our conversation today is, is absolute heresy, right? Like, it's absolutely yeah, yeah, you cannot talk about past experiences or trauma or clearing trauma as having effect on like OCD, because you know some people make claims that there's a you know significant genetic predisposition, and some studies have shown that. Other people say you know it's only ERP, and anything else you do is as I said, it's kind of like heresy and it's absolutely a big no-no. But, you know, to your point, you know, people are complicated. Some of the uh, intrusive thoughts that come to us come for different reasons. Uh, maybe it is a, a more kind of genetic predisposition um, and just OCD that um, <clears throat> comes from your parents, grandparents, sometimes potentially it's something like it's trauma-driven. And I think an astute clinician has to make that determination. Yeah, you know, I... Th- there, there's one professor I had in, in graduate school and I wasn't happy that she said this and I still don't agree with it, but I can kind of understand where she's coming from. Um, I was in a, a, a psychopathology class and, and she said, you know, all like, you know, any sort of diagnosis, any, any sort of mental health difficulty, it comes from some sort of trauma. And immediately I was like, no, <laughs> like that is, that, that is not true. And I still don't believe that, that, that that's true. However, I do think that the point that she was trying to get to was, yeah, like a lot of it comes from trauma. Um, and the, the, the more the more trainings and, and, and the more sort of trauma informed approaches I mm-hmm. learn about and get trained in, I, I can kind of see why she would make that broad. And I still think incorrect, but but um, big statement, a, a lot of it comes to it. And, and I'm, I'm thankful to have this sort of lens to sort of see individuals' difficulties through, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I, I do. And I, I think I want to make sure that the listeners and, you know, the, the clinicians that are potentially listening as well are not crucifying us out there. But I, <laughs> there's a lot to me, there's, you know, because we want to, first of all, maybe define the word trauma, right? Like, because I think for a lot of people, the first thing that comes to mind is like war veterans, right? Or something extreme happening, like physical or sexual abuse or something like that, that leads to uh, what's considered to be post-traumatic stress disorder. But I, I, I've taken a training a while back and the definition that that um, uh, professor was using is that any time that an individual summons his or her resources to be able to resolve an issue and is unable to do so where the situation is is sort of still left unresolved, but they were able to kind of summon all of the resources and still felt overwhelmed. Hmm. So mm-hmm. for instance, it, you know, the preponderance of when, let's say, 
kids get yelled at, right? Like by their adult parents, right? And if the kid cannot summon their cognitive or emotional resources to be able to cope with it, that's in a way is a painful event because the, 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 the child was trying to resolve it, but still was left overwhelmed because the resources really weren't there to be able to cope, to process and to move forward. So if we could take sort of that lens, then absolutely a lot of the experiences or the difficulties that we're having if we're seeing that definition through that lens, could be kind of created and caused by some of the painful traumatic events in the past. Yeah. I, so I, I, I do like what you said about, I, I really do like what you said. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. And I, and I kind of haven't ever. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I've been doing, I've been, I've been coming away from the, the word trauma and, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you heard me say it before, but but I but I repeat a lot painful life events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more annoying to say. Trauma is quicker and easier. Right. Um, but I use painful life events for a reason because um, trauma, they're, they're 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 such a oh I don't even know how to put it, but um, whenever someone hears the word trauma, it's almost like it has to be justified, right? Like, well, it's a loaded statement, that, right? It's a, it's an extremely loaded statement, and. You know, like quite frankly, someone can be having like, you know, experiencing mental health difficulties from a painful life event of, oh, I don't know, like my mom wasn't kind enough or, or, right. or, or there enough. Right. Uh, well, like, is that a, is that a quote unquote trauma? Like, okay, like to, like to them, but like says who, I don't know, but whatever right. to the person, it was a painful life event or series of events. Right. And and then we work on it. Right. Um, so, so I, I, I do like to make that that distinction a lot. Um, and quite frankly, I don't really ever use the word too too much, especially when I'm working with people, because um, and I, I've even heard of like, yeah, well, but like I know that this was tough, but like it's not trauma because like I never like you know like like X Y Z blah blah blah. It's so loaded. Right. I like I almost want to like get it out of the room. I I, I hear you because it's just the word has so many meanings and it evolved from like being called shell shock you know, back yeah. uh, back <clears throat> you know 100 years ago or so and now we the definition is different now you throw in subjective trauma objective trauma symptoms like it's it's it, there's there's a lot to unpack so i really like uh should be trademarked uh you know painful <laughs> life events because it's just like because it's a subject of pain in a particular environment or a situation. And that could be an unkind parent, first breakup. It could be a, a lot of different things, right? Like, so the hope is to be able to process. And and then uh, as we even discussed last time, to be able to help an individual develop the resources that they would need if and when unfortunate, painful events happen in the future. I'm sure that's part of your work as well. Yeah. you know, And, and to, to kind of go off of that, I mean, what I, what I really challenge people, well, I, a lot of a lot of what I do before we get into any sort of trauma work is sort of like I and going back and repeating myself a little bit. I really I really want to get a good sense of those piled up negative beliefs about the person's self and piled up feelings that are there mm-hmm. because it is those it's those piled up negative beliefs and feelings that sort of come flooding out and hit us right so. Um, oh, let me think if I can come up with an example. Really, well, I, I have a cheesy example, but mm, sure. and and I guess, but so let's say I was in a car crash. I don't know, ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I have the piled up feelings of uh, panic, anxiety, and then and the piled up negative belief of I'm going to die mm-hmm. back back there somewhere. Right. Sure. And now every time that I'm quote unquote triggered, you know, if I'm driving at night or I'm getting into a particular car or something like that, those feelings that for, for, that were from all the way back then and that negative belief from all the way back then hit me now and they feel the same exact way mm-hmm. as they did back then because that because that memory was completely well is is not processed it's it's literally mm-hmm. stored in a different part of our brain right so hmm. it might sound so so interesting or, or or strange or or bizarre that we can really feel the same feelings today on, on you know in, in in 2021 that were from that very old thing that happened in 2010 or something like that and and i really encourage people to to kind of take a look at like it might sound a little cheesy but like where are these feelings coming from are they coming from right here or right now or or are these mem- are these feelings and and thoughts coming from a memory that's embedded in this unprocessed, undigested, pushed away behind a wall spot. Yeah, I mean that that sounds uh, that's that sounds ab- absolutely right to me because a lot of the time, and and I even have uh, clients that tell me this is that this feeling that's coming up now is so familiar, mm-hmm. so familiar, right? And if you can just if typically when we sit with it, you know, some visualizations come up. Um, and one person recently, he, he was telling me how he was playing with his son, um, mm-hmm. and, and the son was, uh, actually having a great time, um, <clears throat> playing trucks or something like that. And the, and the client was describing how he was, he was just experiencing an enormous and poignant, um, sort of like sharp feelings of loss and grief and sadness. And he couldn't make sense of it. He goes like, why would I be looking at my son who's having a great time playing with his little trucks while I myself are having these enormously painful experiences that I haven't felt in God knows how long. So we sat with it, yada, yada, yada. We unpacked it. It basically had to do with how he and what happened to his trauma and what happened in his childhood around the same age as his son that were kind of now coming forth because he was triggered by his son, you know, 30, 40 years after the actual experience. It's, that's a perfect example, right? right. Uh, he it something hits some sort of sore spot that uh, and then a lot of piled up feelings came flooding out and it was from something that was kind of quote unquote buried away in the past. I, I often say that we um, we bury things, but we bury them alive. Wow, it's beautifully and when, said. And well, I didn't come up with it. Uh, <laughs> but, whomever um, said it, you know, kudos <laughs> to that person. Yeah. So well, it's um, it's totally true, right? So something back there was buried, and it was it was buried alive. Um, you know, even uh, I I guess I could just give give one more example to mm-hmm. kind of talk about sort mm-hmm. of sort of like nuancey things. But um, I was working, I was talking with this couple, and. The male in the couple um, is like like really uncomfortable and into with with, with intimacy. Um, he doesn't really like being touched. He doesn't really like being like um, closer or anything like that. And and he was explaining it like like he feels like afraid. 
he feels he feels scared. And mm. I was like, I, okay, you know, like, like he 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 loves his wife, like like he's happy to be with her, but he literally feels afraid. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I I do this sometimes with people. I I, I call it a float back. I, I ask them to kind of tune into a feeling, and then I have them float back in time to the earliest time they could remember feeling that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a good way to maybe like shine a little bit of life light on the a painful life event from the past. And, and so I had him tune into that feeling and I had him like bring it really all the way up to his awareness and I had him float back and he was like, he's like, yeah, like I remember like, like my mom, like, like she would actually like in a joking way, kind of like, like threaten me with like giving me too many kisses because she knew I didn't really like it that much. Mm. And I was like, oh, and I was like, and what does that say about you? And and that's how I try to find a, a negative belief about ourselves. And he said, that means like, I'm unsafe when people are close to me. And I was like, Pfft. right. So, so that, that kind of like negative belief about himself, about, about his safety, um, with all that anxiety kind of packed into that, uh, mm. like series of quote unquote painful life events that are buried away and kind of unprocessed somewhere gets quote unquote triggered every time that his wife is sort of like close and intimate and, and, and close. So, so intimacies to him is literally a trigger that makes him feel physically afraid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to, to kind of connect those dots and he kind of like, he had like a little bit of like a mind blowing experience. Right. So, as, as did I too. And I didn't know where it was going to go, but it went there and, and, and it was kind of a huge key that unlocked everything. So I guess I, I guess I say that story because it doesn't have to be these like quote unquote big things. It right. can be these kind of like a little bit more subtle things that uh, kind of like if we, if, if we're using this lens or this framework or whatever you want to call it, um, we can kind of understand a lot about ourselves and why we feel and what we do from it. Not just like the classic big trauma, quote unquote trauma things. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, that that's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That that sounds pretty powerful to me, uh, because when when people are able to kind of connect to those deeper feelings and able to process them and fi- and figure them out, it's it's extremely empowering to move forward. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can apply some of the maybe more basic uh, kind of cognitive behavioral tools. But once you process the trauma, really, there's a. It seems to me almost there's a lot of. Uh, like freedom uh, yeah. that that comes to start, um, you know, crafting your life the way you really want to, rather than having this sort of painful event uh, guiding, uh, almost in a non so conscious kind of a way how how your life develops. Yeah, and I mean that's that was exactly. I, I think you said that perfectly. That's exactly what happened to to this guy, and well, in in all the. Uh, in all the examples from today, really, sure. right? Well, because like, if you think about it, like the, if, if it causes for, let's say it sounds like for the gentleman, some intimacy issues, maybe it leads to ED of some, some sort, then you have like medical treatments, right? Like if, if it leads to substance use, then you have, you know, things that are now affecting your physical body. It's also probably affecting interpersonal dynamics. And there's just a, uh, an array of things that can go wrong that from that person's point of view seems like a solution, obviously for you and 
eye, it's very easy to see, well, that's obviously a maladaptive solution. But in that mm-hmm. moment, that's the only thing that makes sense. And and that's what being a clinician, and I and, and I, I would imagine you would you, you uh, kind of can resonate with what I'm saying is that the more and more I work with people, even though from the surface, it, it could make obvious sense, like, why are you doing this? Doesn't make any sense. But once you get to know the trauma, the pain that people are experiencing, Everything that people do makes sense from their point of view. It is our job to kind of maybe help them process what has happened and see um, other alternatives that they could use that are actually more effective for them going forward. Because it's very easy, right? A person comes in, they're drinking or this and that. It's like, we should probably stop, you know, process your trauma and be on your merry way. Like, it doesn't really work that way. But the, the more the more and more, you know, I, I know I work with people, the more I could really attune to the fact, obviously, from everything you've described, it makes total sense about why your life has unfolded the way it has. Yeah, I, I think it's super powerful. And and I don't know, like, I, I guess for, for the listeners or, you know, if, if maybe they can tune a little bit of their awareness in inside and, and maybe see if we, I mean, listen, I don't think anyone's getting a, a trauma training from our talk, here, but, <laughs> but listen, if, if this, if this brings a little bit of insight to someone where they're like, huh, like perhaps maybe like I'm doing this thing that I don't really want to be doing because I'm feeling this way that I don't want to be feeling. And maybe that's from something all the way back there. Right. Uh, I, I think if, there, if there's any sort of uh, benefit that someone can get, I would be, I don't know, I, I think it's really powerful. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Just even a contemplation or a consideration that it doesn't always have to come from this moment. The person cut me off in traffic and, and mm-hmm. he is the whatever. Uh, it could actually be cut stemming from something else, just taking a little bit of uh, introspection to see where where that could be coming from, I think could be super empowering to people. And I and I hope the listener can kind of at least take that away from our from our talk today. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. As always, my name is Dr. Lucan. And as always, Timothy is joining me. Thanks so much for your insights. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, we hope that you enjoyed the show. And please make sure to subscribe. We love to interact with our listeners. If you have something you'd like to comment on, ask us about, or hope to hear on the show, please message us on Facebook or Twitter at last session of the day with the site guys, or send us an email at last session OTD at lucancenter.com. Hope to hear from you soon and tune in next week for another engaging episode. This has been the last session of the day with the site guys. See you next time.